Last time... Ian leads the three musketeers back into the small town against the gnolls to find the leader that stole the magical gem that powers the Atlantean jet. Mimi has trouble remembering that she is not a bunny, and Galaxy utilized her unicorn butt backpack again to get the group to the jet that brought the group back home and safe and sound. Why does everyone love hit points? Because they're the life of the party! Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters! Welcome everyone to another groundbreaking episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. I'm Daddy Kurt, the Dungeon Master. To my left we have... Sam, who plays Mimi, the best elf, and to my left we have my sidekick. Not a sidekick, Galaxy, which owns an amazing pet named Boom, and Abby, also, who has a real dog named Isley. Yes, we got a new dog. We, we finally got a dog. The girls are very, very excited. We got, we got a puppy. So, Bertie, to your left we have... To more left Is my sidekick sidekick? No one's sidekick. Surfer boy. <laughs> Not? Yes, surfer boy. Hi, Trent. Thanks for joining us again. Hello again. Always a pleasure. So, it's been a while since we played. It's always been a while. We never, we never play often enough. A couple of housekeeping items. It's our two-year anniversary. Girls, we've been doing this for two years now. Can you believe it's been that long? No! When we started doing this, you needed boosters Amazing. in the chairs. I, yes, I remember that. Because you weren't tall enough. And I remember during the summer, Mom would make us run back and forth to grab the boosters because we'd have to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, because we'd bring them down here and we'd forget because we had to drive somewhere. We had to bring them up and put them back in the car. So... Other announcements. Because of the two-year anniversary, we were also running our contest, which we did have a winner. Uh, we had a winner that uh, entered on Facebook, and uh, we sent them out a copy of the Player's Handbook. And it was pretty perfect. I couldn't have uh, picked a better person to win the contest. because it was won? It was a dad that won and chose the Player's Handbook so he could give it to his daughter because he was tired of her stealing his Player's Handbook all the time. Oh. <laughs> yes, perfect. And, all right. That is wonderful. Also, uh, we got a new five-star review, which I think Ooh. might possibly be my favorite five-star review that we've ever received. Uh, this is from uh, Alpine Team, uh, titled, One of My Favorite Actual Plays. It sounds like Dad and the Girls and their rotating handling friend Surfer Boy take yeah. their fun seriously. It's real D&D, unpretentious, silly, and seriously creative. My kids love it and prefer it over most of the other actual play podcasts out there. Great stuff, and I hope they keep doing or keep going for a good while. Thank you very much, Alpine Team. Thank you! Thank you, thank you. Serious D&D. <laughs> yes. That's right. We get down to the business. Okay, so speaking of business, <laughs> getting down to business, let's play D&D. Yeah. All right, for this adventure, we are going to jump right into things. We say this all the time, but we always have like some little thing that we have to talk about, like in the beginning, especially. Okay, so well, I mean, like, like what? Well, like, especially what the Black Dragon's name was. <laughs> well, the one adventure <laughs> where you no, literally yeah, had to dragon. jump off of a griffin into the castle, we were 
literally jumping into that Are adventure. Are we doing that again? But, no, we're not doing that again. But oh. that did take half an hour of exposition and talking about... Why are we on this griffin? What did I do before we got here? It's like, I don't know if I want to jump off this griffin. And then all of a sudden, I'm jumping off this griffin. <laughs> should, should we just let Dave fall to his death? You know, par, yes. Par for the course. No, should you never. go into my yogurt butt backpack? Like, and it's just like, also we spend a lot of time saying like, Zelaine was the black dragon, which is true. Zelaine not- is not the black dragon. Yes. Zelaine was the fire giant. No, no. Christopherson was the black dragon. No, Christopherson <laughs> is the big bad. The big bad ancient vampire, or as far as you know, is the big bad ancient vampire. Wait, are we vampire. killing Christopherson? No, no. Okay, so here's the adventure. Are you ready? So, just no. to make this clear, Zelaine's the black dragon. Zelaine is not the black dragon. You're messing You're messing with the chronological... The no! Chronology. Her name was Bruce. Didn't Galaxy kill Zelaine the black dragon with Maychain? Isn't that how it worked? <laughs> yes. 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 The, that's that's the campaign. Thanks yeah. for playing, guys. Yes. Hope you all enjoy it. Our show is over. We've got nothing else to do. Besides killing Christopherson. No, you no no you are that was Elaine. It was Christopherson. He was the big bad, and Galaxy killed him with Mage Hand. Yay! All right, so the three of you are down in the depths of this dirty, creepy, dusty old castle. Why? Have you been listening to our episodes? I don't know how you got there. The Musketeers had tracked this vampire. This vampire, her name is Augustine Dravidin. Can I be friends with her? Uh, You've never met her before, so but when you meet her, maybe you can be friends. We could charm her. I don't have charm person. So so the Musketeers and a number of other troops that were uh, given by the Fireforge Dwarven Nation, they had attacked this castle, and they had actually killed Dravidin. And she had turned into mist, but her mist got back into her castle and went down into her lair. So that's one of the things that is interesting about vampires is that they're not the most powerful creature to to kill but they're really really hard to kill permanently because they can turn into mist and then they go back into the lair and they regenerate and all, all this stuff so How do you kill him <clears throat> permanently well well we'll get into that because I'm, i'll make you like roll like religion or arcana checks to, to see if you know that because that's how you play Ow! dungeons and dragons why because it's fun <laughs> why <laughs> why what why is it well, you have to answer that question, actually. So the musketeers had killed this vampire, but the vampire got away. And so the you three, the three musketeers, went charging into Dravidin's castle and managed to track her down. And you are now standing outside of the entrance to her crypt. Why? To where her coffin is, to where her resting place is. Why? <laughs> And your job is to go in and finally destroy Raviden once S- and for all. Say because. Because. Because why? Am I so you are standing in this very dark, uh, very um, large open area that is filled with dozens upon dozens of, of columns. And these are, these are large columns. And as you were walking through, you'd notice that each column also served as a crypt for someone else 
And as you would walk by, it would have names listed on um, and various functions and roles that they had. So it looked like at one point in time, people that were important to the family that built this castle in the first place were interred into these these crypts into these columns and even so much as people that were part of the original designing and building of the castle are are were laid to rest in these crypts as well but you managed to you got past all of those now you're facing the open stone doorway that leads down more dark and dusty and dirty steps that leads down further into the bottom level of the castle where Dravidin's coffin is is laying. And you hope is in wait for you to go in and put a stake, a wooden stake through her heart. Wasn't it a different name? Uh, Augustine Dravidin is, oh, is her wait, name. Wait, 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 wait. Is a vampire um an animal? Because I saw one at the zoo. They're, nope, they are not, not an animal. You cannot animal shape into a vampire. Best friend. If you let uh, Dravidin bite you, um, you could potentially be turned into a vampire. But you would you would no longer be able to play Mimi. She would become an NPC at that point. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you actually contemplating turning into a vampire? <laughs> she shrugs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What, you want to be a vampire too? Oh, no, gosh. Yeah, no, no, no. No, they're, they're foul creatures. They're no. evil, foul creatures. And no. plus, if she turns you into a vampire, um, you would actually become her slave for a period of time. No, no, no. Boom should. Boom should become a va- Boom can become a vampire. Yes. He's, he is a, he's a doggy flesh golem. Yes, he can be a, do- he can be a doggy vampire. It is a, is a dark, old, dusty castle. Lots of cobwebs everywhere. And you are standing at the top of these stairs that lead down. And there is a slight, you can hear wind from outside, but you don't feel anything. And the ground is covered in a thick gray mist that slowly swirls around your ankles. A tornado! So, what do you do? Well, ladies, uh, I for one don't like the mist. Uh, Uh, Let's say we go back. (laughs) No, 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 no. Boom. We like to investigate. I will investigate. No, Boom would like to investigate. Boom would like to investigate. Okay, so you have Boom out at your side right now. Who, who's Boom? Oh, Boom <laughs> is um, is her uh, undead flesh golem oh. that she had <laughs> stitched together from dead dog parts. Corgi, have you been Sounds following? Awesome. Yeah. Have, have you been following corgi? up on our episode? He's a little behind. I'm behind. So. <laughs> In that same episode, Sam also got a, a pet chicken named Mr. Bok Bok. And yeah. I got Abby. Yeah, and you got a you got a pet dog named Abby, who is um, useless, but 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 very well trained, very well trained. Um, She's an attack dog. She is not an attack dog. I'm training her. If you use her as an attack dog, she, she probably will die. Many uh, m- tiny dogs can be vicious. Yeah, although I kind of have it as a rule as like pet, pets and like ponies in this game probably shouldn't die because that's kind of traumatic. Wait, where's Bacon? The, uh, they're they're outside the castle right now. Your ponies are outside the castle. Yes, <laughs> you did not ride them into the depths of this creepy old castle. Why? All right, so you have Boom out, and you're going to tell Boom to do what? Investigate. Investigate. Alright, so so Boom looks over at you. 
He's wagging his tail, and you say, investigate. And he's, <laughs> and he goes running off, and he starts going to, and he gets to the top of the stairs, and poof, he disappears, and he gets replaced by an undead creature with armor and a sword. And he turns, <laughs> and a big long tongue sticks out of his mouth, and he's got sharp teeth. It's not a vampire, but some other undead ghoulish creature. It's Boom as a vampire! And we are going to roll initiative. 17. 17, okay. Five. Five for Mimi. You don't have a plus seven. Natural 20. You don't have a plus seven on your initiative. Well, she got nat 20. Oh, oh. Oh, I thought you meant investigation. No. All right, Galaxy, you get to go first. So is it a vampire? It, it Roll a arcana check. Or religion, whichever one is better for you. I think arcana because you're a wizard. Arcana plus seven. That's so. plus seven. Okay. 19. 19? Okay. You know that this is not a vampire. You know that this is a white. This is a undead creature that often serves as a minion of vampires. Um, they're not the most difficult things to to kill and destroy, but they can cause a problem. And that if they touch you, they can drain the life force out of you. Is that what they did with Boom? Um, Boom had just disappeared. You could tell, because you got a 19 on your arcana chuck, you could tell that there's some magical trap that's placed here that looks like it transported Boom somewhere else and then transported this white in its place. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go into greater invisibility. Okay. And I'm going to go sneak behind the creature. And I'm going to say, Boom! And I'm going to give it to me. Tummy rubs. Okay. It's not boom. It's not boom. I know. <laughs> Alright, so a greater invisibility that requires an action to cast. So you cast that yourself. So you disappear and then you start, then you sneak behind the white. <laughs> okay, can you roll a. Mate hand, I, took, I scratch him and I say boo and I scratch him with his tummy. Okay. To distract. Okay, so before we do this, can you roll, uh, roll an intelligence check for me, please? <laughs> I get a 19 again. You get a 19, okay. Oh, wow. So, um, so, so before you cast invisibility, if your plan was to go sneak behind this white, you would have to pass through the area that Boom just passed through. Uh-huh. So there's a chance that you could be transported from this area as well. Fine, I'll go in front of him. So you're still going to turn invisible and go in front of him. And then May Chan, I'm gonna cast May Chan and tickle him. <laughs> How far away is he right now? Uh, he is about uh, 20 feet away from you. Okay. So casting greater invisibility would take up your whole action because it, it takes one action to do that. So you could cast greater invisibility and then move closer to him if you want to, but you can't do greater invisibility no. and mage hand. I want to become greater invisibility and go by the trap because I want to see little boom and boom. Alright, so you turn invisible and you move forward to the area, but you stop before you cross into into that area at the at the top of the stairs. And the only thing that you see is the white standing there. Yeah. You don't see boom. No, I don't see boom. Mm-mm. I see boom. Okay, Dave, your turn. Wow. Alright. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, how about uh, guiding bolt? What is that? Oh, guiding bolt, that's a that's a good one. 
especially if you cast it at a higher level, it throws uh, more d6s on top of it. But it starts out with 4d6 radiant damage. Okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do Guiding Bolt. Okay. So for this one, you need to make a ranged spell attack. Uh, 11. 11. That is not going to be good enough. So you shoot out, shoot out the ray at uh, at the white, and uh, and you miss him, and he snarls. <laughs> miss you, call preserve us. Is it my turn? Um, it is your turn. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna conjure an animal. You're gonna conjure an animal, okay? And it's gonna be a polar bear. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> that polar bear is gonna attack him while I sit back and relax. <laughs> <laughs> We're so lazy. <laughs> All right, so you can, yep, you can, you can um, conjure an animal of a rating two or lower. Which, uh, here, let me just double check, and make sure the polar Birdie, bear falls into that. I believe it does. Uh, polar bear does have a challenge rating of two, so yes, you can, you can conjure a polar bear. All right, so uh, you are going to. That's going to be your entire action to cast that spell and conjure a polar bear, and a polar bear magically appears next to Mimi. I yell, attack! Can you roll initiative for the polar bear for me? He has a plus zero. Natural 20! Natural 20. Okay, so that means... <laughs> that means the, the polar bear is going to have to get worked in uh, to the next round. All right. So that was Mimi. So she's got a polar bear next to her now. And now it is the white's turn. And it doesn't uh, see Galaxy because she is invisible. So he comes charging out with his sword in hand. And he is going to attack. He's going to attack Dave. Mission call preserve us. Because you shot that, uh, that magic bolt at him. And he's going to strike out at you with his sword. And that is a 15 against armor class. I'm guessing that misses. At 17. 17, okay. So then he is going to try and reach out and grasp you with his other hand. And that is going to be uh, 22 to hit. So um, so he swipes out with his longsword and he doesn't compensate for your height well enough. And the sword swings right over your head. But then he reaches forward and he grabs you um, right, on the, right on your neck and touches you. You can feel the coldness of his grasp and the energy getting sucked out of you as as he digs his nails into your neck. Stop! And you take uh, eight points of necrotic damage. Okay. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw for me. Three. Three? All right. So your, uh, your maximum hit points have now been reduced by eight. So even if you healed yourself, you can't heal this damage back until after you take a long rest. Okay. Is it Boomer's turn? What, uh, did Boomer's you roll gone. an initiative for Boom? Yes. No, you didn't. He got a two. Boom got a two? Yeah. All right, let me write that in then. Boom disappeared, I thought. He did disappear. So I don't see how you would have rolled an initiative for him. So that means he's not going to go until the next round then, which is fine. All right, so now, now we're back up to the the top of the order. Galaxy, it's your turn now. Me, okay. So you're invisible, and the white came charging past you, and it just attacked Dave. I want to be a fireball. Do fireball. Fireball, okay. 
So uh, for the fireball, he has to roll a dexterity saving throw. What's your spell save, DC? Spell save. 17. 17? Okay, he does not save, so he is going to take the full damage of this fireball. And you are shooting this fireball directly into the group. Uh, But you have the ability to sculpt your spells because you're an evocation wizard. So this is a special ability that you have. Normally, anybody else casting this fireball, so Mimi, this is something that's important for you to remember. With your helmet, if you take one of the jewels and cast fireball, and you shoot the fireball at the group, everyone in the group is going to take damage from it. The only reason Galaxy can do this is because she's a special wizard. Like the wall where I can do a fi- firewall. Yep, you can do firewall. Yes, yeah. So that's a little bit more control. I'm just saying, if you try to do a firewall, that's 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 a hazard with this. So Galaxy could sculpt it around both Dave and Mimi and the polar bear, so that no one takes the damage except for except for the white. So, Bertie, were you casting fireball at level three, or were you going to be casting at a higher level? What level am I at? Uh, well, your your look at your spell sheet. That tells you how many slots of each level that you have, and you already cast a level four spell. Um, I have two. So you probably don't want to use up your other level four spell on this right now. So you probably just want to cast at level three. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to cast Fireball at level three, which is the the minimum level, you need to roll eight d six. Eight d six. So eight sixes. Eight six siders. Yep. I see a lot of sixes over there. Um, another eight is 26, 27, 28, 31. 30, whoa, that is a big fireball. 31 points of fire damage. All right, so your fireball shoots out, explodes in the area around the group, but the fire just sculpts around everyone and just is just inches away from their skin, but they take no damage, feel no heat from it because you sculpted it around their bodies. And the, the white gets... of a heart. It's in the shape little... No, 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 no. Sorry, a corgi butt. You are all protected in this pocket of air in the shape of a corgi butt as this explosion of flame and heat radiates around you. I'd rather, I'd rather take damage. And the white takes the, the full blunt of this of this fireball, but it doesn't it doesn't kill him outright, but he is... His half his body, half his face has been blown off and charred and burning, and there's smoke, and the stink of, of burning flesh now fills fills the air. Um, but he is he's still on his feet, but he is not looking super duper hot right now. That's my, that's so my polar bear. Now it's the polar bear's turn. My polar bear's name is uh, Little Joe. Little Joe. <laughs> All right, so it is Little Joe's turn. Little Joe. All right, what is Little Joe going to do? <laughs> Little Joe, I want you to bite and claw this white. <laughs> and he charges forward. You want him to do the claw attack first? Um, I have it written down somewhere. Alright, do the claw attack. So D20 plus 7 to hit. Alright, so that's that's an 11. Okay, so he strikes out with his claw and uh, the, the white jumps out of the way. So he still has his bite attack. So roll another D20 and that's a plus 7 to hit as well. 15. All right. 15 does hit. So for the bite attack, roll 1d8 plus 5. And that's piercing damage that he does. 11. 11. So little Joe the polar bear swipes out with his claw, misses the white, but then lunges forward with his big jaws and grabs hold of the white right at the right at the shoulder, almost to the point of where it he connects to the neck. Him. He takes a big <laughs> chunk out of it and is 
And his left arm is just barely hanging on. And he is he's barely on his feet at this point. David, it's your turn. He swallows him. I cast Sacred Flame. Okay. 19. That'll hit. Yep. And then the damage is 8. 8 points of damage. Okay. So Sacred Flame, uh, you hold out your hand and conjure flame around this undead creature and it explodes into flame and it was still smoking and burning a little bit from the fireball as well but the, the flame that you put in was just enough to take it over the edge and it falls to the ground smoldering and smoking and smelling really really bad but the white is no more Zisha oh, called be praised is boom okay roll a uh, roll a perception check for me can I help? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, you have advantage. Perception with two people. Oh, good thing. Six. Do it again. Or 17. I'll choose the six and I'm 17. <laughs> All right. 17. All right. You hear coming from behind you a, a low thud or just boom 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 i know that's you boom because boom 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 (laughs) so what do you do (laughs) i follow the boom from behind us from behind you yes i look and turn boom you don't you don't see anything but you still hear the low thud the booming coming from behind you are you there, Boom? All right, so Galaxy goes walking back in the dark, back through the crypts. And as you walk in that direction, Galaxy, the, the booming gets louder. Boom! And eventually, you get to a pillar, uh, one of the crypts, and you can see the stone slab that serves as a doorway, as the portal into this column. Every time the boom happens, you can see it shake. A little bit. And a little bit of dust gets knocked down from the pillar and falls to the ground. Boom. Boom. Can you hear my voice? (laughs) Are you you okay? (laughs) Boom. Boom. And the door shakes again and more dust comes down. If you keep doing that, Boom, you will kill yourself. And then a a crack appears in in the stone slab. Oh, go through the crack. (laughs) It won't hurt you. And then there's a large crash and a as the stone slab falls to the ground and shatters. And Boom comes out (laughs) and shakes. And wagging his tail and he runs over to to your side. I back away and meld into stone. (laughs) Does he look... The same as he's always looked? Yeah, looks the same as he's always looked. He's just dustier now because he was covered in dirt and dust from from inside this ancient crypt. Good job, Boom. Good boy. But you do hear other things starting to move from inside the crypts now. I wonder if there are any more traps that that could put one of us inside one of these crypts like it did to Boom before. Let's destroy the whole walls. Let's destroy the walls. I could investigate or have some knowledge about it. Uh, you want, do another arcana check. Do it with advantage because you got a pretty good roll on it last time. Um, 
natural 20. Can I do it again? No, it was a 13 plus your modifier. Right, a natural 20. Oh, unnatural. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Yep, roll, roll it again and see if you get better. 22. <laughs> 22? 22. Okay. I, I, I choose the 22. 22, all right. So, this... Uh, you know it's a transportation spell, so when Boom went into that area, into the top of the stairs, he got transported into this crypt and got replaced by a white. So, your assumption is that there's a, that there's probably a white or an undead creature in each of the columns that are down here, and when you go into that area, you would get you would get replaced with one of the creatures that are, that is in one of these columns. So you have to figure out some sort of way. You'd have to go back and investigate the area a little bit more to figure out what's the trigger. Could it be? Is it just a pressure plate, or is it just the general area that that the, this magic transport spell has been has been put? But some immediate concerns. There is more movement that is coming from this this now open crypt in front of you. And you can see skeletons starting to stand themselves up. Oh no! Inside of this crypt and starting to move towards you. I'm gonna punch it. <laughs> <laughs> can I use uh, stone shape to block it back up? Uh, I th- think that you m- maybe can. Let's see here. <laughs> I've. You touch a stone object of medium size or smaller, or a section of stone no more than five feet in any dimension. And form it into any shape that suits your purpose. So, for example, you could shape a large rock into a weapon, idol, or coffer, or make a small passage through a wall, as long as the wall is less than five feet thick. Um, how tall is the slab? The slab is actually taller than five feet. I have this spell. Can I just block up five feet? (laughs) Yeah, you can. (laughs) I I have this spell detect magic where I can detect the magic if there's any more. Okay. Okay. Well, why don't you hold on to that for for, for the moment? I'm still trying to plug the hole in the yep. crypt. We don't want to fight a whole bunch more. Right, so, well, hurry can, up so you stone so you stone shape up five feet as far as you can, and that actually leaves like a two foot gap, like at okay. the, at the very top. And so then you can see skeleton hands coming up over it. Oh. But they can't quite seem to get a purchase or anything. Um, so it looks like that they're they're contained for for the time being. But they're they are starting to make noises, and you hear. <sighs> okay, do the check quick so we can get out of here. Okay, detect magic. Um, it's a level one spell, and we can do it up to ten minutes. Okay, so it'll follow you around as you're as you're walking. So I cast it. Okay, so you can. All right, so you cast it, and your eyes see that there's magic that's radiating off of the stone from the spell that Dave had just cast. You can see the items on you and the rest of the group glow with magic because of their magical items. And you can tell that there's a different kind of glow. It's kind of a purplish magic that's coming off of the skeleton hands that are you see right above the stone. You can tell that's a necrotic damage. That's that, or not necrotic damage. That's a necrotic magic. There's necrotic magic you can see coming off of the skeletons, which seems fairly obvious. Now, if you go back to the stair landing where Boom was transported initially, you could tell for certain that there is some transportation magic. There's a spell that was cast on this area. And it looks like it covers the entire area at the top of the stairs. There's no way to, to walk around it. 
Can you roll a roll investigation but do it with advantage? Okay. I have a good idea how to attack the skeletons. Seventeen or is my highest. Not even Seventeen? Okay. So with the seventeen, uh, you can tell that there is actually a pressure plate in the floor that as soon as someone steps on that particular area, that triggers the transportation spell. So if you can figure out a way to get over that area without touching the floor, you should be able to bypass so the, the transportation. It blocks the whole passageway? Correct. Wait, I got it. What if... What if Bert, what if Galaxy flies and puts all of us in her mini backpack? It's yep, that could work. Unicorn butt backpack. <laughs> or I don't want to ride on a unicorn's butt. <laughs> if we fight the skeleton. The last, the last time I rode on a unicorn's butt, it took me forever to get the glitter out of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> no. So how, how far would we do we have to go to get over? Like How wide? It's ten, it? 10 feet. 10 feet. Okay. Could, could the polar bear carry us over? No. No? So, I feel like we should do the plan that I said, because I'm smart. Which is... <laughs> okay. Everyone climb Let's into the into unicorn. The unicorn pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's four of us, including Boom and the polar bear. Yeah, little Joe. Let's little see. Joe. Okay. Da, 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 da. Wait, we have to see. Did I pack my fly spell? Did you prepare a fly? You, you didn't prepare it, did you? No. No? Nope. Okay. Right here. Okay. All right, so what? so Galaxy Stupid doesn't... doesn't she forgot to study her fly spell <laughs> last night. Um, all right, so is there anything ooh, else that you ooh, could ooh, do? Ooh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Can we I dispel got... magic or... I, I, I have removed curse, but I don't think no. it's a curse. It's not a curse. There is a dispel I, magic. But um, you don't have it. Okay. I, Does she have I, it? What I can do is I can do like either grasping vine or entangles that that can make like a bridge we can cross over. Or we could swing over, yeah. Oh, okay. Grasping vine is a very powerful spell in that it's a vine that you create that actively reaches out and grabs creatures or something like say if i grab the ceiling then it would grab the ceiling so we could swing yeah yeah i'd allow that yeah so uh, you cat you could cast it on the ceiling and it would reach down and grab us and move us into the area that you want us to move to let's do that but we have here's a party a of five since a mini and it, has and it can do to that. cast the spell right um she could wear my uh Unicorn butt backpack. No! And I could go and twin, so can Dave, and so can Boom. And, and little then, Joe. Yes, and you Whoa. go through the, and then you go to the other side. So, well, see, that's, Grasping Vine is, it stays there for a while. That's, that's one of the things that makes it so powerful. And it can grab, like, really large creatures. So it doesn't have a problem in grabbing hold of that polar bear and moving him over. So... Let's just do Birdie's idea um, put it in the middle of the backpack because that'd just be the fastest. Well, no, well, no if you cast, because you got to cast cra Grasping Vine no matter what, right? So yeah, you just cast it and it will reach down and bring everyone over the okay. area, no problem. So yeah. you, so the vine shoots out, grabs hold of you first, bring and scoops you up and brings you up over the ground and lands you on top of the stairs and then it shoots back over, whoosh, grabs another person, brings more, grabs another person, brings them over, whoosh, Grabs the polar bear, brings him over. <laughs> little Joe! And brings, and, and grasps little Joe. And eventually everyone gets over, and then the vine 
just sort of curls up on itself and stays there. It disintegrates. Um, well, it'll stay there until the until the spell wears off. When it's up there for one minute. Yeah. So it'll be up there for maybe 30 more seconds. And I say, if anyone else is coming in the next 28 seconds, grab them and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the vine, like, uncurls and then, like, gives, like, a little salute <laughs> with the one big vine wow. that it has. Okay, onward, right? Onward! Excelsior! <laughs> Excelsior! Right. Excelsior! I said El So you get to the bottom of the stairs, and you are in... And it's a dirt floor now, so there's no more stone. But it's still stone walls and a stone ceiling that, that still rises about uh, 30 feet up above. And your eyes catch little movements across the ceiling here and there. And uh, at first, it looks like there's so so much movement. It almost looks like that the ceiling itself is moving around, and that's when you realize that the ceiling is covered in bats. Oh, and on the no. dirt floor, it's like you can't see it because the mist is really thick down here. But it's covered in in guano. Don't I cast, wear shoes. I cast, I cast dancing lights so the bats are scared of the light and they go away. No, don't disturb the bats. Don't disturb the bat. No, Sam. That would I mean, be bad. I mean, wait, wait. You could turn into a bat and be like, "Hey, can you guys help?" No, let's just uh, let's just move quietly. Try not to bother them. But what about the stuff on the ground? You well, can't see wearing, it. You're wearing boots. I'm the barefoot one. <laughs> Go in her backpack. <laughs> what is it with you and wanting to put everyone in the backpack? <laughs> I want them to suffocate and die. <laughs> it only takes ten minutes. Can we move quietly past the bats? Have you ever seen a swarm of bats? It's very disturbing. I grew up with a swarm of bats. <laughs> yeah, but these might these might not be natural bats. At, at the zoo, I fell in the cage of bats, and I stayed there for a year. You went to the zoo a lot. <laughs> or you spent a lot, or that one trip was a very long time at the zoo. It was a weekly trip. <laughs> it was a weekly trip. Every Saturday. <laughs> I said dinosaur there. Unicorns and pegasi. Unicorn, just a butt of a I unicorn. I even saw a beholder there. In the middle of this, of this large room that's where bats are covering the ceiling is a large black coffin. Oh, I thought we were... I forgot we were trying to get to a vampire to kill him. <laughs> I started carving my shield into like okay, a wooden so stake. Carving your shield what? into a wooden stake. <laughs> did we did we come okay. here looking for this guy? Yes. Like that's, so we're not like just stumbling through here, seeing what we find. Correct. We're, yeah. here, we're on a mission. Correct. Yeah. So okay. I jumped just right in the middle of this this adventure. So I okay. fast forward a bunch of stuff. There was a there was a big battle between the musketeers and the evil creatures of this castle. Why? And they had actually had found this vampire and killed her, but she escaped in her misty form. And got back into the castle and back down into her coffin. Okay. So Why? where she would, her body would reform and regenerate. And so now the three of you came in here. You got separated from Do the other musketeers. Do we have any special implements with us for the purposes of dispatching the vampire? Did I bring anything specific for this job? What, what, roll a religion check for me. Okay, I, I'll give him advantage because I'm helping. Okay, sure. Give, you, get, you get advantage on it because you were being helped. 
Okay, I'm going to go 14. 14. All right. His, his advantage was a natural one. So Yeah, that was, thanks for that. <laughs> welcome. You're so, welcome. So with, with a 14, um, you know that uh, a stake to the heart won't actually kill a vampire, but you know that it will like um, like knock them unconscious. It will like subdue them. But the only true way to like kill a vampire completely is with running water or sunlight. Don't I have like a sunlight one? I got light. Does it have to be natural sunlight or can it be spell sunlight? Well, it couldn't be like an illusion of sunlight. But if you have anything that does radiant damage, uh, like your guiding bolts, I believe that's yeah, radiant yeah. damage. Wait, 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 wait. If radiant you... damage? Does my helmet do that? Sacred flame is radiant. Guiding bolt is radiant. Oh, I, my opals are daylight. So, Dave, you do know that um, you would have to reduce the uh, the vampire to zero hit points and then expose it to... You, the radiant damage would have to be the killing blow on it for it to be killed. Um Actually, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. If you were able to reduce it to zero hit points while it's in its missed form, okay. if if you reduce it to zero with radiant damage or you hit it with radiant damage while it's in its missed form, that would permanently kill the vampire. Okay. Um, and before anything kicks off, uh, since it looks like it might kick off here, mm-hmm. uh, I want to cast Guardian of Faith. Oh, my God. Gosh, okay. I just happen to have a wooden stake in my back. You sure do. Inventory. You're going in to kill a vampire. I'd say that you, yeah, you took the time to put a wooden stake in your backpack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, does the Guardian Faith do they? She's writing it in two. Does Guardian Faith does uh, do they get an initiative, or does it just automatically happen as soon as? Someone comes into the area. It says, any creature hostile to you that moves to a space within 10 feet of the Guardian for the first time on a turn must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Okay. The creature takes 20 wait, wait. radiant damage on a failed save. 20 oh, radiant damage. Oh, and half as much on a successful one. Okay. I just realized, so we all have a little, like, friend here. I have little Joe. Um, I don't Galaxy. think the Guardian moves, though. Galaxy it has not. Boom, and then Dave has his dumb Guardian. So I want to put it 10 feet away from the coffin. Okay. And it does uh, up to 60 points of damage, is that right? Yeah, before disappearing. Okay. And it's a dexterity saving throw? Mm-hmm. Can we figure out a way to open this coffin without actually having to go and stand over it? I drink a little whiskey. May chant. I drink a does little Does the lid weigh whiskey. less than 10 pounds? Probably. Uh, or like, does it require less than ten pounds to push it? It uh, it definitely weighs more than ten pounds. Okay. What about the polar bear? Will jump. <laughs> what? Can he follow instructions to uh, push the lid off? Okay. So, little Joe, salute. It, and then the little Joe stands on his high legs. Wait, no. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Let's see if he understands. Um. And he brings a paw up and sort of like. Rubs its eye a little bit and then puts it back down. Okay. You'll need to go and open the coffin. Okay? Okay? Hmm? And he tilts his head at an angle looking at you. Not not understanding what a coffin is or the opening coffin, is. The bed. Open is you o- open, close. Open, close. Just say the box. The, the bear sits down on its rump. And puts his paws together. <laughs> and does the same motion that you just did. So 
this is... And then Cox is head the other way, looking at you inquisitively. This is closed, okay? So the coffin is the big thing over the black wood the box. box over there. Box. And um, the, it's closed, right? Closed. You need to open it. So the bear, little Joe, gets up off of its back. And he starts moving over towards the coffin. And he starts circling it slowly. And he hits it with his paw for a moment. And he gets a weird look in his face. Like he doesn't he doesn't like what he's what he's feeling or what he's smelling. Boom can and he, do it. He, he 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 sort of jumps back a little bit. And then he turns around and walks back to back to you. No. Is there anything else that you'd like to do to prepare for Boom this? is more <laughs> smart. But Boom, um, Boom does follow your. It does have the ability to follow instructions more implicitly. Yes. This is me. Oh, good little Joe. Good little Joe. Okay, Boom. I want you to open the coffin over there. Okay. <laughs> After that, I'll give you a piece of bacon. Then little. <gasps> oh no, that just oh, sounded oh, wrong. Oh, God, oh, God. That oh, just sounded wrong. <laughs> You're gonna give a piece of your pony. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, I see, and then little Joe walks over to Boom and starts doing the open and close sign. I, ta- I then I taught him. He's like, open, close, open, close. All right. Well, okay. So the instructions that you can give to Boom, you can. It's like talking to a person. You can tell him, and he understands you of what you're saying. So you tell Boom to go open that coffin, right? And he turns and he like he takes off running and lunges towards the top of the coffin with both his little paws out, and he tucks his head down and he bangs into the top of the coffin. <laughs> And so we gotta let's just do a quick roll for this. What this is, is sad. Uh, can you Got roll it. uh roll two D eight plus four for me? Okay. That's his slam attack. Two D eight. So two of them. Oop, sorry. Two. Would you roll a two and a four and then yeah. another four? So it's ten total. Oh ten total? Okay. Yeah. That's that's still enough. Okay. So with ten total, boom leaps forward and smashes off the the top of this this coffin and it clatters to the ground and reverberates throughout the, the 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 caverns and the silence that's there he just walks over here like yeah. and he trots right back to you and sits good down girl. at your feet i mean good sits down at your feet good boy here's a little piece of bacon now for my pony <laughs> From a pig. No, it's actually from Mr. Buck Buck. He, he snaps out of your hand and, and gobbles it down. It's from Mr. Buck Buck. <laughs> it's chicken. It's chicken bacon. All right. So the, <laughs> the, the casket is open now. But the casket is open. Is anything else happening? Mm, not that you can see. All right. I think Galaxy should go take a look inside. Go take a look inside, Galaxy. Okay. All right, Galaxy, go roll uh, roll an investigation check for me. Okay, I'm good, I'm good at investigation. Bye, Bye Galaxy. Okay. I'll see you in the other world. It's 16. 16? Yeah. So you slowly move towards this now open coffin. And you look inside, and it's empty. <gasps> do, look, do, do. Is that where we're ending? No, it's not where we're ending. And I look behind me. Oh, it just boom. Okay, so you look back at the rest of the group, and that's when you see 
A cloud of mist come down from behind the group, and it coalesces into a figure. Look behind you! <laughs> and as soon as it coalesces, that's when Dave's guardian of faith shoots out a streak of yellow sunlight energy towards this this creature. And she needs to do a dexterity saving throw. Uh, and she does not make it. However, vampires have a interesting effect of where they can... It's called legendary resistance because uh, some creatures are at a sufficient level. If they fail a saving throw, so many times a day, they can just be like, nope, I make it no matter what. And they can only do that a certain amount of times a, a day, but that's one of the things that uh, that she can do. I tell little, I turn into a polar bear and I tell little Joe, attack! All right, everybody, roll initiative. Uh, oh, Boom is gonna go into that initiative. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's for me, and then I'll roll for little Joe. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So, fifteen for Mimi, fifteen for Dave. Fifteen for Galaxy. And okay. 18 for Little Joe. 18 for in Little a, Joe. Wait, a, do I have, I have advantage on initiative? You do have advantage okay, on so. initiative, yes. And 11 for... Uh, uh, okay, so 16. Uh, 16, okay. Boom, 11 for Boom. 11 for Boom. All right, so Dravidin, she goes first. So she get she got hit by that uh, that light, the, the radiant energy from the Guardian of Faith. And she is going to... She's gonna. She's gonna go after the cleric. <laughs> did I just snort? You did just snort. Uh, and that is going to be a uh, twenty-five to hit. All right. So then you take uh, you take eight points of bludgeoning damage as she comes forward and strikes you across the face. And now she is actually going to lunge forward and try and bite you. Uh, but that's with an 11, and so that would miss. So she strikes you across the face, and as your your head is turned, exposing your neck a little bit, she lunges forward with her with her fangs, and just. But you pull back just in time as her her teeth snatch inches away from 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 the veins in your neck. I'm gonna tell Boone something quickly. If you see a vampire try to bite someone on the neck, go rip her, go and try to get her. Okay. All right, so now uh, we did. Okay, so now it is uh, the polar bear, Little Joe's turn. Um, he go and lunges for the vampire. Okay, uh-huh. roll the attack for his claw. So I have to get like something like higher than like fifteen or something. So ten for his claw misses. Is that with the modifier? Okay. Nine. Yep, that misses. Ooh. 17 without the modifier. Okay, with the modifier, what is that? Um, 24. 24, okay, 24 will hit. Definitely, um, and then I will get my uh, D8. 11. 11. Ooh. All right. Woo! So the claw misses, but uh, Little Joe, the polar bear, lunges out with his, his bites as the vampire is trying to bite Dave. And the polar bear grabs hold, bites onto her leg, and then pulls away. But it doesn't look like it does as much damage as you would expect a polar bear bite to do on a person. Well, well, she's 
she's not a person. She's a vampire. She is a vampire. So the one thing that you do know about vampires is that non-magical attacks. So this polar bear's attacks are not considered magical, and so they do half damage. Oh! Are you freaking serious? <laughs> vampires are very difficult. They're very difficult. So, Curse you! All right, and so now the vampire is going to turn and is going to strike a little Joe, and she misses. She rolled a she rolled a natural one when she ah! went to try and strike Joe. No, get one point of damage loss because of that. So another thing about vampires is that they have uh, legendary actions. So they get extra actions on top of their normal attacks. What? They're very tough. I wish I was a vampire. <laughs> Dave, it is your turn now. What? It says spiritual weapon is a bonus action. So does that mean I can do something else? So you can cast, it's a bonus action to cast a spiritual weapon. And then you can use your action to attack with it. Oh, I see. But then the next round, you can use your bonus action again to attack with it, and then also attack with your mace, which then you could do the d the divine uh, okay. divine strike on top of that. All right. So spiritual weapon, do I have to roll to hit? All right. So you cast it. Yes, you do have to. It's well, a. It'll show up first. But yep. Then okay. Yep. It shows up, and then you cast. Uh, then you do a spell attack on on the vampire with it. Okay. I, I'm lucky, so I get to re-roll my natural one. Yes, you do. <laughs> so that's a 12, and I, I don't know what to add to that. Your uh, spell attack modifier. Uh, 7, so 19. 19. 19 does hit. Okay, so 2d8 then. 4, 5, 9. 9 damage, okay. All right, so, this, so a magical version of your mace appears in the air and then flies towards this vampire. Um... From behind, we'll say, because it is, is attacking you and smacks it in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> you hear <laughs> from Galaxy across the way. <laughs> so now, Galaxy, it's your turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that you don't take it too seriously. Does she like fire? She does not like fire. Okay, then burning hands is right up her alley. Okay, burning hands. <laughs> uh, she misses uh, her dexterity saving throw, but because she has legendary resistance, she's just going to make it for the second time. And you hear a, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she's still going to take damage from this, so you need to roll a 3d6. Three. And she's going to take half damage on that. I got 17, so 17. half of that. So she's going to take eight points of damage. No, 17. Round down. 7.5. I round down. No, 7.5. Listen. <laughs> so, so Galaxy oh, yeah. comes charging back towards the group. She gets within 15 feet because it's a shorter range from burning hands. It's she holds both her hands out, fanned out in front of her, and there's this flamethrower, this just jet of fire that shoots out between her hands, but she sculpts it around everybody else because she's a mage. She can do that. Yeah. And it hits the vampire, but it doesn't do as much damage to the vampire as you would, as you would hope. Yeah. And so and that's when um, the vampire runs towards you galaxy and she rolls another one to strike at you 
wow, this vampire is not... You really threw her off base <laughs> coming into told, this. Do you remember I told Boom to save any... But if she ever tries to bite someone, you could bite her. Right, right. So, so now it is... Mimi, it's your turn. No, what about Boom? Boom is coming up. So if I take like a fireball off my helmet, would that go around the team? Because no. No, your fireballs will hit everyone yeah, in the you'll, area. You'll catch Dave and, and Little Joe and... Sorry, what? What about Flaming Sphere? Flaming Sphere, I, that's the one where you create the hovering ball and you can slam it into into people. So, so you have do, much more control over so that. I'll do Flaming Sphere. Okay. So it's a bonus action to cast that, which you do. And so this five foot in diameter Flaming Sphere appears in the area. And now you can use your action to, to slam it into her if you wanted to. But what level did you cast Flaming Sphere at? What's the highest I can do? Uh, level four. Then I'll do level four. Okay. So I go in at her. Okay. So you slam this five foot diameter Flaming Sphere into the vampire. Uh, can you roll 3d6 for me? Yes, queen. Seventeen points. Seventeen points. That's pretty good. This time she does make her dexterity saving throw, so it's going to be halved again. Oh! <laughs> Eight and a half points of damage. <laughs> All right. So that was Mimi. So now it is Boom's turn. Yeah. So you're gonna send Boom in to attack this vampire. He is going to. What can he do? So, Boom gets two slam attacks. So, Boom yeah! charges forward and slams would slam into the vampire. And Boom's attacks uh, do count as uh, magical attacks, I believe. Yeah! Just ready. Yes, the golems, yep, it's, it's slam attacks are considered magical. So, Boom would do full damage as it charges into this vampire. No okay, can you do, um, okay, roll a, roll a d20 for the attack and add okay. seven to it. 15. 15? Okay, so Boom goes charging at this vampire, and the vampire sidesteps out of the way as Boom leaps from the ground, puts his head, his head down to slam into her, and he just goes sailing through the air right past her. He lands on the ground, and he turns around and charges at her again. So do, a, do another attack. He's on attack mode. He is on attack mode, yes. 26. 26. That one will hit. So now roll yeah. 2d8 plus 4. 7? 11. You gotta roll it again. Oh. 14 plus 4 is 18. 18 Eight. points. Wow. That's a good hit. Go boom. Alright, so, so boom, boom hits the ground, growls, pivots real quick, and then slams back with his head down again into the back of Wait, the vampire. What about little Joe? She goes flying forward. We'll get to him. And looks back at uh, at uh, at Boom with murder in her eyes. And Boom looks now she does get uh, so she yeah she does get one more attack and so she's going to swipe at Boom. If you bite him, he'll not turn into a vampire. And she does actually hit Boom, but Boom has a lot of hit points. Oh, how many? A Boom has ninety three hit points. How did you make this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Lightning and boom! Wait, 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 wait! 
I thought you said he had zero hit points. Nope. Yeah, a lot of magical stuff. So Boom stuff. takes uh, eleven points of bludgeoning damage from this from this fist that slams into him. Still got a lot. Vampire. So now we are on round two, <laughs> and it is Dravidin's turn again, and she looks at you, Galaxy, <laughs> and you can see. Red magic spark in her eyes. Don't you think about it, girl. <laughs> I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. I'm terrible at wisdom. No, no. Natural one plus four or five. I get advantage, though. <laughs> oh, you get, wait, why do you get advantage? I'm helping her. No, you, no, you can't I help her. This, you can't help her in oh, this yeah, regard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, that was a one. That was, was a one. A you fail. One. You fail. You can't. Yeah. <gasps> no. Yep. Yeah, the one was first. No, but I gave her advantage. You, no, you can't give her advantage on I this. I just did. You can't. I just did. Well, you didn't. Well, I kind of did. Because I'm the dungeon master, and it doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, that's exactly right. how it works. Galaxy, so you see this magic spring from Dravidin's eyes, and that's when suddenly you realize there's been a big misunderstanding. Uh, Dravidin, she's, she's a very good friend of yours, and you shouldn't be attacking her at all now. She's a good friend of me. Yeah, yeah, and so that's, that's why I said I wanted to be her friend. Yeah, and and so you just you have no idea why you completely forgot about this, but she is your friend, and so you are going to stop attacking her now. And in fact, you're going to do everything you can to protect her at this point. Can I hug her? <laughs> no, wait, Dad, Please? Dad, Dad, is she putting a spell on her? She did put a spell on her. Yes, Galaxy is now charmed by by Dravidan, and she says. Galaxy, my friend, please protect me. And that is that is her turn. But you shouldn't have told me. So now, Guardian of Faith, um, is it only when they enter the area, or is it every round that they are in the area? Well, it's it's a little confusing. It says any creature hostile to you that moves to a space within ten feet of the Guardian for the first time on a turn must succeed on a Dexterity saving throw. Okay. The creature takes 20 radiant damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful. Okay. Um, I'm going to say because she's still in it, she's going to... And she gets another one on her <laughs> dexterity saving throw. But this is going to be her last time for her legendary resistance. So she used all of those up, but she still takes... 10 more. 10 more points of radiant damage. How close is she to death? Um, she's still looking pretty healthy. So, so Galaxy, you see that your friend Dravidan just got hit by another bolt of uh, radiant damage from <gasps> Dave's Guardian of Faith. How dare you hurt my friend! I think you need to take a nap. Galaxy, you're under a spell. Polar Bear, Little Joe, it's <laughs> your turn. She charges at him. And Little Joe's a girl. No, no, no! <laughs> no, she can be a girl. No! Okay. Mr. Bugpack is a girl, but he thinks he's a boy! I know, I'm just... Okay. No problem. No problem. Okay, so Little Joe. So what is Little Joe going to do? He is going to charge at her. Okay, roll the claw attack. Who's her? No Dra one. Dravidan. You're, no. you're favorite person in the whole world right now. 13. 13 misses. Claw. All right, roll the bite attack. And then another 13. All right, so, so Dravidan... Easily dodges out of the way. She's just she's very fast. She's a vampire. And she's very very spry. And she uh, gets out of the way of these big, huge claw and bite attacks from the polar bear. David, it's your turn now. Oh dear. Um, 
Yeah, I don't have any kind of crowd control that could help with this one, so I'm just going to go full-on offense. Okay. Um, so I've still got my spiritual weapon out. You sure do. So you can attack with uh, with a bonus attack on that one. Yep. So why don't you roll the attack there? That's uh, a 19. That, that'll hit. 7. 7. Yay! And 6. So 13. 13. Okay, that's a pretty good hit. <clears throat> All right, so your spiritual weapon slams into the back of her head again. <laughs> uh, and then so you still have a full action because that's do, yeah. that's just the bonus action to attack with that. Um, Did you guys skip I'm gonna me? Just guiding bolt, I guess. Okay. Did you guys skip me? Nope. Nope. Just haven't got to you yet. Oh lord. Uh, wait. Yeah. No, it's a four, so I missed. Not having the best of luck. Okay. So yeah, your guiding bolt, the energy, the. Raw sunlight energy shoots over her head um, like it did before. <laughs> Whiff. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Alright, so that was Dave's turn. Galaxy. So Galaxy, you see that you're also, well, your okay friend Dave. Or is that just Mimi that's got problems with Dave? <laughs> pretty much just Mimi. Okay, well then your other good friend, Dave, you see just tried to attack Draveden. And Mimi is sending her polar bear after Dravidan. You should be... So you need to protect her, but you don't want to hurt your friends either. So what would you do to try and protect her from your other friends that are attacking her? Ice cream cake. Okay, so you use <laughs> your bonus action to bring out your um, your magical shield. So your armor class now goes up by two. That's a bonus action to do that. I'm protecting her. Oh, so you're going to... Oh, you're going to put the shield in front of Dravidan. Yeah. Okay, so now Dravidan will now have an armor class of 18 instead of 16 before, so she will be harder to hit. Galaxy, what are you doing? You still have a full action left, though. I'm trying to protect my friend. She's trying to kill us. She's, you're, she's charmed you, and that triggered her mind, and then she starts attacking her, and then we win. Yes! So you so you still got a, your full action. Do you want to do anything else? I just want to know. Yeah, yeah, take a nap. That sounds good. Well, so everyone else... No, you wouldn't do that because the, everyone else in the room is still actively trying to attack her. So do you... So you, again, you should be doing everything that you can to protect Dravidan. I don't want to hurt my friends, though. Right, right. So do you have any spells that could maybe, like, like stop them, maybe incapacitate them, but doesn't do any any harm to them? Firebell, Phantom Seed, uh, Light... Oh, I'll do Light... No, Mage Chain, and I'll just tap them and be like, boom! Okay, so you use... Okay, so... Okay, yeah, no, that works. So what would... What this means then is that you would actually be trying to distract and interfere with them. So who would you be doing this to? Who would you be sending Mage Hand in front of? Dave. <laughs> okay. So, so Dave, you now have... Um, Man, my accuracy is already terrible. <laughs> All right, so Dave, you are now going to get a Mage Hand uh, distracting... Just getting, like... Just, my face slapped. It's just like poking you. It doesn't do any damage, but you are going to take disadvantage on um, your physical, any, any kind of physical attacks that, that, well, actually, any attacks you're going to take disadvantage on. Oh, all right. All right. So. Galaxy. <laughs> Mimi, it's your turn. So, I'm going to send my fire. I'm going to send my fireball. Okay. And it's flaming sphere, and it's going to go behind them and then charge at the. A vampire girl. All right. So the vampire, so Dravidan, uh, missed her dexterity saving throw. And uh, so she takes the full damage, though. So that would be th roll 3d6. That will be six. Six total? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Would grasping vine be good? Uh, grasping vine. So would like be... we could hold the vampire down. I don't think it. I don't think it'd be very effective if you did that. Well, I don't really have much. Then I would say you just turn into a bear, and then you could you could attack next time. Because then next time you would get your flaming sphere attack, then you would get two attacks as a polar bear, and as a polar bear, your attacks do count as magical attacks. Fine. <laughs> All right. I'll turn into a cute, cuddly polar bear. A cute, cuddly polar bear. That will try and hurt you. A cute, cuddly, vicious attack polar bear. All right. So now it is Boom's turn. So Galaxy Boom looks to you, like a little confused now. Like, what? What do you want me to do? attention to Boom. Okay, so Boom doesn't do anything because she's not getting direction from, from Galaxy. He. He's not doing anything because he's not getting any direction from Galaxy to, to attack Dravidan. Alright, so we are back up to the top of the order. So now, round the beginning of round three, and Dravidan is going to attack Dave. Yes! Uh, Dave, that is going to be a 26 on you, so that is definitely a yeah, hit. A hit. Uh, Dave, you take uh, nine points of bludgeoning damage. Now, she is going to bite you mm-hmm. as well, and that is going to be a 21 to hit on the bite. Okay. So you take six points of piercing damage from the bite itself, and now you are going to take as she starts draining the life force no. from your neck you take 11 points of necrotic damage and that also um, reduces your maximum HP by another 11 so you can't heal those back and, then, and again just temporarily right. but until you finish a long rest but you, yeah you can't heal those back so make sure you keep track of that with the yep, other I got it the guardian faith is so- going to strike out again at the vampire and she makes her uh, dexterity saving throw so she takes uh, 10 points Radiant damage that is really whittling her down, um, and it's radiant damage, so she's not able to to regenerate um, any points um, each round because of that. Um, unless she's sucking your blood, then she gets the hit points back for that. Oh, no. No, okay. All right, polar bear, little Joe's turn. So Stop. hold on, sure. Boomer was instructed to attack anyone who tried to bite somebody. Boom was instructed to what? Boom was instructed to attack. If someone tried to to bite one of us from me, yeah, before she was trying. Okay. Does that still does that work? Um, Boom would try. Boom would try and carry out the instructions unless she's given other instructions. Okay. But you would definitely give her other instructions if it looked like that she was going to attack Dravidan. So I would say that Boom is just sitting the fight out now at okay. this point. All right. <clears throat> All right. Polar bear, little Joe. Little Joe. Little Joe. <laughs> okay, roll roll a claw attack. Lucky he has not been very successful with this claw attack. Ooh, 21. 21 will hit. We're Even against Dravidin's improved armor class with that magical shield now floating in front of her. And 12. Which gets reduced to 6. Why? Because they're not magical attacks. Roll your bite attack for Little Joe. Uh, 11. 11 hits? Okay, the bite attack misses from no. Little Joe. Dave, no. your turn. Okay, so spiritual weapon. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, real quick. So legendary actions from the vampire. The vampire is going to um, bite the polar bear that just attacked her. 
And how many hit points does the polar bear have, Mimi? 42. 42, okay. Um, so then he loses three for the bite, and then he's going to also lose another nine for the necrotic energy drain, and that means the vampire also gets those nine points back. All right, so the po- so little Joe slashes out, hits the vampire, tries to bite her. She pulls back, and then in turn bites the polar bear and sucks the blood out of the polar bear. He's a vampire. Little Joe's dead. Little Joe's not dead. No, it just hurts. It just hurts, and she got a little bit more life back because she sucked some blood. Little out of this. Joe. All right, Dave. Sorry. Now it's your turn. All right, spiritual weapon. Yep. 17 plus... That, that'll be hit because nine. her armor class is 18 now. So 2d8. And then 2d8. 10. 10, okay. So the, the spiritual weapon hits her in the back of the head again. Um, but just wanted to remind you, you've got a mage hand that's in your face at the moment. And you didn't take disadvantage on this because it's the... It's already there. It's okay. already there. It's, it's floating away from you. So but it's, it's only if you're going to be doing a direct attack or cast another spell at it, that's where you will take disadvantage on the okay. attack. Is there any way, like, can we tell how she's looking? Um, she's still looking okay. She's not, uh, she's not terribly hurting, but, um, she did just drain you and the polar bear and got a bunch of hit points back for that. Wait, is, is Dave a vampire now? No. Dave's not a vampire. The process is way, you can't do it in the middle of combat. Why are you sad about that, Brady? Do you want to try Guiding Bolt again? Yeah, That's your most powerful offensive yeah, spell. Know, oh, but it is disadvantage I, that you well, have. Well, it's like I have an innate disadvantage with that one anyway. <laughs> so I'll try. Okay. Lord. At 17. Four. Okay. So you shoot out another another Guiding Bolt, and it, uh, yeah, it goes right over her head again. Okay. Galaxy, it's your turn. Are you going to just continue trying to distract Dave with Mage Hand? Uh, no, I'm going to go. Is Jed with us? Jed is not with us, Aww. no. I'm going to distract you... Mimi. Why? Did you see her bite me? She bit me. Oh, I bet it was for a reasonable reason. <laughs> Stop slapping me. Whatever. So, okay, you're gonna, okay, you're just going to keep distracting with your Mage Hand. Okay. So then uh, Dravenin comes out and goes to strike the polar bear that's all up in her in her business right now and hits the polar bear for another uh, 10 points of bludgeoning damage. So the polar bear is, uh, has, been, or has been knocked down over half of its hit points already. So Mimi, it is your turn now. Thank you. You are a polar bear now. <laughs> and so you have your flaming sphere. Do you want to do your flaming sphere first? Do the attack because that's a bonus action. Okay. Oh, that's right. She's got to do a dexterity saving throw. Uh, what's your spell save, DC? Plus 15. 15? Uh, let's see here. Did she make it? She did make it. So uh, roll your 3d6 fire, and she's going to take half that damage. 11. 11? All right. So she takes five points of damage from that. So now you go charging in as a polar bear. Roll your claw attack for me. So a 16. A 16, that misses. Because she has uh, Galaxy's magical shield oh. floating in front of her now, which increased her AC. Okay. So do your bite attack now. You got to get an 18 or higher. 
You are adding in your modifiers, right? Okay. So I think I'm pretty sure I got this. I got 20, 30. Okay, that hits. All right, your bite attack hits. So you go in with a slash, frustrated that it misses, and then it just roar, and just ripped into her. So roll the damage for that. I got a 13. 13, 13 points of damage. 14, 14, 14. All right, that bite looked like it hurt her pretty pretty darn good. She is starting to look look a little little wary now. So now that was Mimi's turn, and so now it's Boom. Boom just sits down, just <laughs> looking at everything that's going on right now. Um, but apparently that was enough noise and enough spells and fire to be cast around that um, eight swarms of bats come down uh, from the ceiling uh, and starts attacking everybody. Even me? Um, not, well. Would that be enough to break the charm? It, it does give her, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, it attacks everybody. So let's see here. Even their master? No, not the master. Um, That's stupid. Did my charm wear off? So everyone's going to get uh, two things of bats attacking them. Um, and Dave, you get hit pretty darn good by one of them. You take 12 points of piercing damage as all of these bats just swarm around you. Now, uh, Galaxy, you get hit pretty good too. A galaxy, you take nine points of piercing damage. Does that lift her like? She's charm? she's going to get to roll another wisdom saving throw after this damage to see if she can break out of the charm. Sixteen. Sixteen. Ah, oh, just missed it. You needed you needed a seventeen to break the charm. No! Can I help? No, you can't. You can't help. I that, call advantage. I call advantage. Ho ho. All right, Mimi, you take. Three points of piercing damage, but you wait, are a wait, polar wait. bear. Wait, my helmet? Does that take away pier? No. So you take three points of piercing damage, and because you are concentrating on the uh, s uh, the conjure animal spell, I need you to roll a Constitution uh, saving throw. Constitution. Yep. Uh, this is to see if you maintain concentration on the spell, because that's a concentration spell that you. 16. 16, okay. So you keep, yep, you stay concentrated, and so the second polar bear still stays there. Now, but the second polar bear does not take any damage from the, from the bats. The bats stay away from them. Uh, Boom is going to take, oh. actually, no, they're not magical attacks, so Boom is unaffected by, by the bats. Yeah! That's right, I forgot. You need to do, it's, yeah, um, is he immune, or does it just do half damage? I hope it's immune. Yeah, he is immune to damage from weapons that are not magical attacks. Dang. Okay. Uh, so now it is uh, Dravidin's turn. And she's going to go after... We'll see. We'll, she'll, she'll go after Mimi. No! Uh, that will be a 25, which hits you uh, with her claw attack. And you take... Oh, wrong, wrong dice. This is the claw. This is you take six points of bludgeoning damage. Wait, am I immune to bludgeoning because of my helmet? No. Why do you keep saying no to everything? Okay. And now she's going to bite you, and she rolls another one. Wow. 
Hallelujah. All right, Guardian of Faith, she makes her saving throw again, but Guardian of Faith is still going strong because it's only dealing out uh, so many points of is damage. That, is that 40 so far? Uh, that has been 40 so okay. far, so she still has 20 left. Yeah. So now, little Joe. She, he charges and goes for the claw. Yep, roll the claw attack. Eight. That nine, misses. Nine. But Bite attack. Unnatural 20. Okay, that one hits. Roll the damage for a bite. And that is a 13. 13 points of damage? Okay, so that gets rounded down to 6. No! And then it's she's going, 6 and a half! And then she does a reaction to uh, hit Little Joe again. For ten points of bludgeoning damage, Little Joe is not looking great, but she is not looking very great either. Dave, it is your turn. Um, are the bats there? Are they like is she controlling them? Or are they just behaving naturally like bats would? These, the, you have never seen bats behave this way before. They are vicious and actively attacking, and they are not attacking her. Okay, um, and. My second question, is the Rod of Dragon Fear a bonus action, or is that an action? The Rod of Dragon Fear no longer has its magic. That oh. had gotten depleted. worn out. Yes, it got depleted. How? How? It got, it got used too many times. When? I thought you could use it once per day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I revised that because it was a little too powerful of a magical artifact okay, well, to have for the group. And I, I don't have a spell card for Channel Divinity. I, I don't know what that's about. That, I'm trying that, to. That's a clerical skill. Okay. So, uh, channel divinity. That is where um, you can use it for a couple of different things. Is that you can use it to turn undead, um, or you can use it um, to do some healing within the group. Okay, but in terms of like, I mean, is, is it an area healing? Is it targeted? What is it? All right, so Channel Divinity Preserve Life. As an action, you present your holy symbol and evoke healing energy that can restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. Choose any creatures within 30 feet of you and divide those hit points amongst them. This feature can restore a creature to no more than half of its hit point maximum. You can't use this feature on an undead or on a construct. Okay. Well, Dave's the only one that's really bad enough off to need that. I'm gonna, so I'll, I'll do the bonus action for the uh, the spiritual weapon, and then I'm gonna cast Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. Uh, 13 plus 7 is 20. That will hit. Okay, and that was 2d8. 2d8. <laughs> so two, two points of two damage. Two points of damage. One. One. Um, and one, one, so one. For, to cast on myself, do I still have disadvantage for that? No, you would not have disadvantage <laughs> for that. <laughs> do, do I have to roll it to hit or just... No, you just roll the, roll the, right. roll the hit points that you get back so, for. Five. Five. So that's 12 plus I was 19. Okay. That's a good That's a good Yay. chunk of hit points to get back. All right. Dave was on fumes. All right. Uh, Dravidan is not, is not looking real hot right now. Um, so that is, but so but she does get her legendary action. So Dave, she's gonna go and attack you again. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and she does hit you uh, with her claw attack. Oof! And she does maximum damage. She does uh, twelve points of bludgeoning damage. 
And uh, she goes to bite you again. Boom! Boom reacts! And uh, that is... 17. Oh, Dave's out. What? No, no, no. 17 to hit. What's your armor class? Oh, 17. Oh, so she so she does hit. Wait, are you dead? Well, it, I thought 17 was damage. But okay, we'll, so, we'll so this is her bite attack. Okay, so here's the thing <laughs> about a vampire attack. If you get reduced to zero hit points from the bite attack, that's it. You're dead. You don't get any death saving throws. You're about to kill Dave. We are. We could kill Dave here, girls. You better not. If you do, I okay, will Okay, you take, uh, from the bite itself, you take uh, 10 points of piercing damage. Is he going to turn into a vampire now? And now you have to take 3d6 of necrotic damage. Ooh. Is he dying? Uh, that is 11 points of necrotic damage. Dave is at minus... Eight. Minus eight. He's dead? Dave is dead. Dave is dead. Dead. So, Draven picks up The show's Dave, over! <laughs> picks up Dave and drinks the life force from his body and Stop drops that. her down onto... Yeah. Drops him down onto the his, ground. His last words are... This is your fault. <laughs> Galaxy. <laughs> Galaxy, it's your turn. Why? So you still Did you still consider you play an vampire. You still consider Dravidin um, to be a trusted your, your trusted friend and ally. Why'd you kill him? You would just assume that she's got a very good reason for for killing Dave. Saving throw. No. A wisdom saving throw. No. Am I? So, so you know that um, there's two polar bears in the room that are trying to attack Dravidin. So you could move your mage hand over to one of them to try and distract them from from attacking. No. It's still gonna keep slapping Dave's corpse. So you you, so I'm gonna say that you do do that. You move your your hand over to Little Joe to distract him so that he's got disadvantage on his attacks. Um, so Mimi, it is it is your turn now. I'll use my flaming sphere. Flaming sphere, okay. And what's your spell save, DC? Uh, 15. 15, okay, she makes it, so she's going to take half damage. Roll 3d6 fire. 13. 13, so she takes 6. And a half. 6 and a half, okay. Now roll your claw attack. I got a 21. 21 will hit. So then I roll... Seven points. Seven points. She takes all of that. Okay. Now roll your bite attack. That is a 26. That hits as well. Then... Um, that is a 10. 10? Oh, she is so close to dropping at this point. And she's going to strike out at you, Mimi. And you're going to take uh, 10 points of bludgeoning damage in your bear form. So it's Boom's turn. Boom doesn't do anything. But the bats are going to attack everybody. Uh, Galaxy, you take 5 points of piercing damage. (sighs) Even Dave? 
Well, no, not Dave. So Dave's not here, man. <laughs> roll your saving throw to see if yeah. your charm is broken. Oh. Yeah. Roll wisdom saving throw. Natural twenty. Nat twenty. Nat twenty. Okay. So finally, <laughs> so this shock of seeing Dave drop dead, being drained of life by by this vampire, and then all of these bats coming and nipping and biting at you. Suddenly, the fog clears from your brain, and you can see clearly again that Draven and she is no friend of yours. I and never you've even been knew her. super confused on why you were helping her in the first place. Alright, so Mimi <laughs> in your bear form, you take four more points of piercing damage. Uh, Boom takes no damage. The other polar bear uh, takes five more points of piercing damage. So little Joe is now okay, so Draven is not looking great at all right now. Um, Dave's guardian of faith disappears because he is no longer there to to conjure and focus the energy from this it's thing. Not, it's not channeled. Yeah, but if if you're if the caster is no longer alive, oh, okay. I believe that it should go away. Um, the guardian vanishes vanishes when it is dealt a total of sixty damage. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna say it goes away if if the, the caster has has died. All right, so Draviden comes forward and strikes out at uh, Little Joe, and Little Joe is no more. He can come back alive though. So Little Joe, um, she slashes out with with her hand and catches Joe across the face, and he falls to the ground, and then. Joe, she clashes out. The, the vampire, Draven, she slashes out with her hand. I can just summon him again. Hits little Joe across the face, and he drops to the ground and then disappears because he ran out of hit points. I can just summon him again. You could. Uh, Dave is no longer with us. Um, Galaxy, it is your turn, oh, and you no me. longer are under the charm effects of this vampire. You might be a little angry about I'm going to be like, I'll do anything you say. And then I'm going to do burning hands. You're going to do burning hands. Okay. But like, I'm going to like trick her because she doesn't know that it wore off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Roll uh, your damage for burning hands. Wait, why did you pick that those? Was, that was 12. Roll one more. There, 14. 14. 14. Sorry, 13. 14. 13. Okay. So 12 she plus 2 is 14. <laughs> 14? 14. Yeah. Okay. So And she makes her dexterity saving throw, so that gets cut in half. However, that is enough to bring her down to zero hit points. So you bring your hands together again, shoot out that gout of flame between them, and it burns her, and then she turns into a cloud of mist that slowly starts to move back towards the coffin. Um, so (laughs) I'm going to do my fire. Wait. No, my opals. It's daylight, and it also does radiant damage. Okay. All right, so you would use your bonus action to turn back into an elf, pull an opal off of your helmet, and throw it at him. So what is um, so wh- what's, at him? What spell is that? Or at her? It's for my helmet. Right. All right. So the, your helm of brilliance. Is there any way we can? Is there any way we can talk to Misha Call and bring Dave back alive? Oh, so it is daylight spell. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you okay? So mark that opal off. Daylight suddenly fills the room, and you hear this faraway 
like shrieking gas, just ah! and then gradually nothing. And this cloud that this this cloud form and vapor that Dravidin had turned into evaporates and disappears. The bats stop attacking you and fly either back up to perch onto the ceiling or they fly out of the room. And the mist that's been covering the ground suddenly starts to clear up. Um, and you can I, start and you can see the dirt in the floor below you. I start talking above. Michelle, can you bring day from the dead? And the silence that you hear back is is terrible. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, such as Detentions and Dragons, Dungeon Master Block, Geek Wars, and more. And nope, that's where we're going to end today. No. That's where, that's, that's where, that's where we're going to end it. That's where we're going to Why call do it. you? Ha, 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 ha.